There are two little things that I'd like you to notice about today's gospel reading. In addition, of course, to this big, bright display of Christ's radical welcome. In this case, it's his radical welcome to the children who people are bringing to him. But the two things that I want you to notice come in that very first verse of Mark chapter 10. He left that place and went to the region of Judea and beyond the Jordan River. Crowds again gathered around him and as was his custom, he taught them. At first glance, this seems like it's probably like a transition verse, right? Like a a throwaway verse. In fact, to tell you the truth, it is not even included in the official lectionary for today. I have gone rogue and included it. But here are the two things that I notice about this verse, and I want to just grab onto and look at a little bit with you. First, it says Jesus leaves that place, referring to Capernaum, as much of a home base as Jesus has in the gospel story. He leaves Galilee, this region where he has spent nearly his whole life. And he goes to a different place, a different region. He crosses the Jordan River in the process. That's interesting even if you're not a Bible nerd like me. Crossing the Jordan, it's a big deal. In Christian tradition, it implies crossing from our land to God's land, even crossing from life into death. In the American slave tradition, crossing Jordan symbolized crossing from slavery into freedom. In Jewish tradition, it evokes the children of Israel crossing over the river into the promised land. But Jesus is going the other way. I don't know if you noticed, but Jesus is crossing the other way, out of Judea into whatever is beyond. From the land of promise to someplace else. Someplace not familiar. Someplace unknown. He's crossing from terra firma to terra incognita. Going into unknown territory. He's looking for a way forward, for him, for his ministry. And to find it, he crosses into unknown and possibly unsafe space. And even though he is someplace unknown, the unknown knows him. Crowds gather around him. And here's the second thing I'd like us to notice. He teaches them, it says, as was his custom. As was his custom, he teaches the people. He's in new territory, and he's still himself. He's still Jesus. He's still doing Jesus-y things and teaching Jesus-y lessons, which is kind of the same thing, since with Jesus, what he says and what he does are generally aligned. And so often we find that Jesus teaches them and teaches us through his actions and not just his words. What he's teaching is his Jewish tradition as a way of knowing God and knowing God's way, as a way forward for God and for God's people. Sure, he's teaching it in a new way, in a forward-looking way, in a life-giving way, but at its essence, the gospel, the good news, is the old news pared down to its vital core. He's teaching his tradition 
He's teaching the life-giving, life-affirming, life-enhancing core of that tradition. The Old Testament scholar Harold Beck used to point out that tradition is the living faith of the dead. There's nothing wrong with tradition if it's life-giving, life-affirming, if it's a living tradition, the one that has passed down to us from those who have gone before us. Tradition is the living faith of the dead. Traditionalism, he said, is the dead faith of the living. Want me to say that again? (laughs) You good? (laughs) Never ask a question if you don't want the answer. I'll say it again. How about that? Yeah. Tradition is the living faith of the dead. Traditionalism is the dead faith of the living. Jesus is teaching a living tradition with its core that we are, each of us, made in the image and likeness of a God who loves us into freedom and frees us to love. Karl Barth was once asked after a lecture if he could please condense the 14 volumes of his church dogmatics into a sentence or two. And rather than laughing, which is the appropriate response, he said this. He said, Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. He says, if you know that, you don't have to read the other 14 volumes. But sometimes we miss that, right? Sometimes we miss that core. We may know a lot and miss that core, that essence. We get caught up in the trimmings. I had a dream the other night. I had a dream that I got a job working in an ice cream parlor. I was thinking, depending on what happens at uh, February's general conference, it's a, a dream that could well come to pass. But in my dream, it was my first day on the job, and I was trying to learn all the dozens of complicated variations of the Sundays and the other offerings at this rather fancy ice cream parlor. Thinking I was ready, I took a guy's order, and I set about concocting it, putting together all the different toppings and additions, the sprinkles, the syrups, the M&Ms, the cookies around the side, the, the whipped cream on top of it. I think I must have gone to bed sort of hungry that night. But I put together this fabulous creation. I brought it out, and I put it down in front of the guy, and he was very appreciative of my effort. But then he said, this is great, but you left out the ice cream. That's sometimes the way we go about sharing and teaching the gospel. We pass on all of these traditions of Jesus, all of these rules and commandments, but we leave out the core value of the gospel. We're serving this ice cream Sunday, and it doesn't have the ice cream. It's just a whole bunch of toppings. And you know what? Sometimes without the ice cream to hold it together, some of those toppings can be kind of nasty. That's when the tradition becomes traditionalism. That's when it becomes the crust of the thing without its essence. And so Jesus there in that terra incognita, in that land beyond the Jordan, begins to teach them. And he he starts with divorce. I skipped over that part because without unpacking it, the verses sound harsh. But what he's getting at in debating with the Pharisees, is that in his first century 
protects the right of men to divorce their wives simply and capriciously was leaving women in poverty without a culturally acceptable way of making a living. And Jesus is insisting here and elsewhere of the, on the rights of women to be heard and acknowledged and respected and empowered. But as a side note, I sometimes truthfully wonder, truthfully wonder, why homosexuality, a topic that Jesus says nothing about and evidently couldn't care less about, became such a fall-on-your-sword issue for conservative Christians rather than, say, divorce or poverty or the accumulation of wealth or a dozen other things that Jesus preached about and taught about and cared about. But I digress. Today, we are ending our service with a short but hopefully helpful panel discussion on the future of the United Methodist denomination to explore together whether there is a way to carry forward the essence of the tradition of Jesus, of John Wesley, in a way that keeps us in some way together, and in a way that Jesus and Wesley would be okay with, in a way that keeps the church moving on and doing its work. I don't know what to think. I don't know what to expect, which is why we have invited some wise people to join us for that. But I know this, and I know this because I know Jesus, and I know it because I've studied Wesley, and I know it because I trust God. I know that somehow, even if we can't see the way forward, whatever it might be, if we can't see the way forward for ourselves personally, if we can't see a way forward for our church, for our denomination, God probably can. And yes, it'll take us into terra incognita, into the unknown and uncomfortable and uncharted territory. But the way forward can't just be the way backwards. I've been singing that gospel song to myself. We've come this far by faith, you know. We've come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord, trusting in God's holy word. God's never failed me yet. We can't turn around come this far. And through it all, through whatever comes, we'll need to hold on to the core of our tradition. We'll need to include that ice cream of our tradition, that living faith, God's unconditional love, demonstrated today by Jesus' radical welcome to these children. We've come a long way walking in that tradition. We've come a long way in that living faith leaning on God, trusting on God's word. And we can't turn around and go backwards, come too far.